Welcome to Green Pastures Broadcast with Bishop James Hansen Saki, presiding bishop of Christ Church Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. Someone and tell the person Christ is the answer. Tell the person I'm not making a suggestion. I'm making an emphatic statement. Christ is the answer. Hallelujah. See, in life there are questions. Every normal human being created on the face of the earth, somewhere in our lives, we begin to ask. We begin to ask questions like, where did we come from? We begin to ask questions like, where did the world come from? How did I come into being? Sometimes even children, as they grow, sometimes will ask you that awkward question sometimes and say, how was I born? How how did I come about? Sometimes parents struggle to provide that answer. And how was I born? How was I made? And then we also ask questions as to what shall we eat? And then the questions of the fear of tomorrow. Not knowing what tomorrow holds, we become very fearful and we ask questions. And so we ask questions in all the three realms of our being. We ask questions to uh, the source of our lives, our spirituality. We ask questions concerning our soul, and we ask questions concerning our physical lives and our physical beings. We ask questions as to what shall I drink and what would I wear? And we ask questions as to who would I marry? Would I ever get married? Would I even be able to have children? Would I die early? So many things sometimes run through your mind, and we ask all these questions. Sometimes when you fall into trouble, you ask questions as to whether you come out innocent or you'll be found guilty. Would you be caught? Would you be jailed? There are times when people are going to the hospital, they, they ask themselves worrying questions. What would the doctors find? And what they find, is it going to be curable? Fear grips us. There's also the thought as to what will happen after life. If I die, is there life after here? All these questions of life, I came to announce to you, Christ is the answer to every question that the world poses. When governments don't know how to handle situation in the country, Christ is still the answer. Because if the people have been brought up in the fear of Christ, they will behave in such a way that will give government peace. Hallelujah. Christ remains the answer to every physical question, every question of the soul, and every question of the spirit. Every question in life, Christ remains the one who provides the answer. In fact, his name itself is the answer to every problem. He is the answer. And this afternoon, I present it to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, whatever happens in our lives, of all these questions, 
the most prevalent question and the most worrying of all the questions is where would I be after death? There are people who are saved and they are born again. But when death is close, they are still not sure what is going to happen after. Is this the end of the story? Because after we have eaten and built houses and done all those things, interestingly, we know what happens to the houses, but we wouldn't know what will happen to us after here until we have a connection with this Christ. And we are convinced beyond reasonable doubt that he is the truth and he is the way and he is the life. That if we are looking for life, life cannot be found anywhere except in Christ. <coughs> because no matter the experts and doctors that we have, whatever doctors will do is just to postpone that day, but that day will still come. Because it is an appointment and you can't refuse to honor the appointment. But when that moment comes, may your answer rest in Christ that you are convinced beyond reasonable doubt that if anything should happen, when you check out of this body, your feet will step on the golden street and not hell. In Jesus' name. So the questions we ask in life, the answers lie with Christ. Praise the Lord. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Christ is the answer to all the questions that we have. The most important of all the questions is that even if we get the answer to what we want, and to all of that, one day we will leave all those things behind and check out of this body. And when you know who has the answer, then that fear of the unknown and the fear of the uncertainty concerning tomorrow is taken away. You walk through life confidently. And like Paul, you will say that I'm even confused to continue to be around. If I continue to be around, I will preach Christ. And if I die, it's even dead. May you experience God to the point that when that moment comes, fear will not be. When I was in America recently, I visited a friend who has lost a husband. And whilst we were talking to her, I asked her, I said, Hello, I've you know, called you and said all the condolences, but it's important that I come physically to also greet you and to console you with all these young children. And then I said, So what happened on the day? Then she said, he asked for some food and I gave to him. He asked for tomatoes, potatoes, and I gave to him. He ate exceedingly above what he normally eats. And I said, So when he ate, did he talk to you? He said, Oh, we're talking. Then he said he wants to go and rest. So he goes to the room. But before he would go to the room, when he was giving his food, and then they were having a conversation. Then suddenly he said, ah, have you seen them? They have come to take me away. So the guy said, look at them, look at them. He said, oh, so they are here. 
So even though he's born again, he has said a son in law who is a preacher. His daughter is a preacher. He now he's born again, he's very old, but he still doubts whether he will go to heaven. Because if he remembers the evil he has committed, and I kept on assuring him, his children kept on assuring him, if Christ has forgiven, you are forgiven. So that they have come to prison and come back. Still, the thing is there. He has accepted Jesus as his Lord. But the question is, am I truly saved? Am I going to make it to heaven? If I die, what is going to happen? Ladies and gentlemen, when we have Christ, he answers all these questions. Life in Christ itself is an answer to all this. There is a peace that comes from him. The Bible says he made him who knew no sin to sin for us. So that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Wow. I don't know about you, but if you understand this verse, you can go to bed and relax. For all my worries and my guilt has been transferred to Him. When He went to the cross, that was why the Bible says in Isaiah 53 that there was no beauty on Him. That anyone should even desire him. Because they beat him so well. And that our sins were placed on him. That God the father. Had to withdraw from his son. For the first time there was a separation of the trinity. He cried. Father what have you forsaken? Because the father cannot dwell in sin. All our sins were placed on him. How many sins are you carrying that you are guilty of? Because when we become guilty, it eventually affects our souls and affects our emotions and everything. And we become so worried because we have done something wrong and the guilt is hanging on our necks. Now, only one can make you have sleepless nights. And sometimes people commit suicide because of one error or one evil thing. I'm talking about the man that all the sins of the world were placed on him. That was very heavy. The scripture says that the sun became dark. Even the sun could not look on it. The moon withdrew its light. Every one of the lights in the skies withheld their power. It was brutal because our sins have been placed on him. And the Bible says so that we might become the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. When it comes to the subject and question of whether you are righteous in God, whether you are right before God, whether when we leave this earth you are going to heaven, that answer does not lie with Mohammed. It does not lie with Buddha. It does not lie with Shinto. It does not lie with any other God. It lies with Christ himself. That when we receive him and believe in him, the price and the penalty for our sins have been paid in him. He answers to the guilt. Hallelujah. He answers to the shame. He took all to the cross and nailed it to the cross for your sake. The Bible says so that we can now become 
the righteousness of God in him. So you are not righteous on your own, but you are righteous in him. And what that means is that anytime God looks at you now, he, he sees his son because you are in him. Amen. And sees the finished work at Calvary as an answer to every judgment. I came to submit to you that because of Christ, that question of where would I be has been answered. Your mind may remember the sin, but so long as it has been brought before Christ, it is no longer on record in heaven. And that gives you joy. That's why sometimes people who don't know Christ continue to ask, how sure are you? We are sure. Because faithful is he who has called, who also will do it. In that he rose again from the dead is enough proof that I can rest in him. Because he has answered all my questions. And especially the most important question as to where would I be after him? See, in John chapter 10, verse 10 to 18, the Bible says that the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So when we ask about life, I want you to know, he said, I have come that you might have life. So that you have more abundant life. Not just life, but abundant life. Eternal life. The life after here, you will live. One day when those chariots pay you a visit, you will hop on and talk those angels, Harry. Harry, let's move. Let's move on. Let's move on. Elijah had such a visit. And may God himself cause you to rest in him. Amen. And may that question not put fear in you. Many people have been asking that void in them. Where is God? Everyone is looking for God. I found out that atheists even believe something. Because they say that I don't believe in God. Then they say, I believe that there's no God. I say, you believe something. So I believe that there's no God. Everyone looks for an answer. So many things. But the main thing when people ask all these questions, is that they continue to see others born and others die. And see people die. Then they ask, where are we going? What's going to happen from here? Hundred years from now, everybody in this room will not be here. Say, ah. But that's why you must know Christ better. He is the answer to the uncertainty. As I was meditating on this this morning, it's true.
the next 30 years, you'll be 80. Are you sure you'll be 80? Charlie, what is this man telling us today? Is this why we came here today? These are the answers to the questions that are in your soul. The fear, the uncertainties. We said, I told someone who was 35 the person's birthday, I prayed and everything. I said, if we are living by the word of God, Seventy. You realize you seventy thirty-five. You have to do something. So the way your thirty-five has come, you don't see another thirty-five. Years. May we be comforted by the word that the reason why we are uncertain, we are fearful, is because we have questions, but that question lies with Christ. Amen. And when we are rooted in Him, we have hope. Another world to come. The thing does not come except to steal, to kill and destroy. But I have come, what an assurance! I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. He, this is an emphatic statement from Christ Himself. And again, when you look at his statements, no other, I don't even want to compare it even, but no other religious leader has made such statements. And that's why you have to either accept that either he's lying, he's a lunatic, or he's speaking the truth. Because the statements he has made and he has made are very powerful and straight. No other religious leader has made that. I don't like comparing, but for the sake of, of to have something to compare with, so sometimes I bring all these other ones. But they are not his mind. It's like comparing a human being with an ant. They are not his level. But no other religious leader has ever made such bold statement. I have come that you might have life. So when the question of life arrives, I want you to know, he said, I came that you might have life. And not only life, but that you have it more abundantly. And then he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now, all these other religious leaders, they don't die for the people. They made the people die for them. Don't you see those bullets sending people to go and commit suicide when they don't save themselves? If you believe there are 77 virgins with him, I mean, just look at this. This is a reward. Is this what you must die for? 77 virgins. What kind of God is this? And a river of wine. That's the only reason why they claim they don't drink alcohol. Because there's a river of wine waiting for them. And 77 virgins. I can, God is so. I can, is this a reward? Then they will send people's children to go and commit suicide, but they are not sending themselves. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yaseh Arafat has born her children who were doctors, dentists, 
and engineers, and they studied in France. They're sending Palestinian children to work in the If you believe that he's there, why don't you go with yourself and your children? All these other gods, people died and sacrificed for them. But this one, he came and died, sacrificed himself for you and I. This is the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Look at the highlings, the next verse. But those who are highlings, who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the shepherd, the sheep, he doesn't own the sheep, he's just hired. When he sees the wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. But he says, for him, he will give his life for the sheep. This answers the question of your security. The highland flees because he is a highland and does not care about the sheep. He did not create them. But this one, he made you in his image after his likeness. Anything you actually produce, you will defend it. Anything that you give back to, you will fight for it. And God, the Son, actually purchased us with his own life and with his blood, and he's ready to defend you. And that's why his word says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every time that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Therefore, he will fight for you. He will defend you because he owns you. When it comes to your security, you shall not fear demons. You shall not fear witches. And you shall not fear gods where your names can be sent to. When you know your place in God, let them try it. Let them try it. Because the scripture says, my life is hid with Christ in God. Do you understand that scripture? It means that if you want me, you have to break God into two. And break Christ into two. Then you find me perching. And you can't touch God. And you can't touch Christ. My life is hid in Christ with God. So when they take your name to those shrines, and they do those incantations to invoke your spirit, the spirit that will appear will be the Holy Ghost. May you have hope in God. And because of this truth, may you be fearless. And may you not be worried at all about your security. Physically and spiritually. And your eternal security is guaranteed because he will put down his life for the sheep. He says, I know my sheep and I am known by my own. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Answers that question. Amen. First is a preaching Christ is the answer to all the questions. He took everything to the cross. When the question of our health comes in, the Bible says Himself took our infirmities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. He answers that question about your health. There are times he allows us to suffer. 
and to go through some pain and some challenges. Sometimes to teach us a lesson. There are times he will just leave it to happen. There are times he will heal. Or whatever be the case, I want you to know the answer to the health question is settled in him. For Christ also suffered once for sins. The just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh. But he's been made alive by the spirit. Hallelujah. Christ also suffered once for sins. All our sins. He suffered for it. Now why is the suffering necessary? You see God would have been a very very partial God. And unjust God. If, if he only talked about the, the penalty for our sin and himself did not experience it. Let me share with you a mystery and I end this message. There have been questions as to so did God know that Adam and Eve will sin? Because he's all knowing. Do you think he took him by surprise? He's aware. He knew. The only reason why his hands were tied is because of the choice he made when he was making us. He loved us so much and he wanted his lover to have a voluntary choice to love him. Now, that decision to make the lover have a voluntary choice to love means that then there will be a possibility of sin. Because once I give you the option to have a choice to choose me out of something, I must give you something to choose. See, if there's no other person around, and all that you have is one woman, as a man, sometimes we have to question how genuine the love is. But if there are other options, and I still chose you, that is when I have made a clear choice that you are the one. So for God to assess that he wants his lover to love him, he didn't want to impose the love. He wanted to make sure that his lover, that is us, his creation, must have a voluntary decision to love him. That means that he must create an option. That option has in itself the possibility of sin because that choice can go any other way. Now, once that is considered, he has to allow the process to take place. And as he allowed the process, and that happens, once he knew that would happen, he took the next step. That if that happens, I will still claim my lover back. But not through wrong means. It means that once my rule will be broken, and the moral law of the universe will be disturbed and broken, that means that there will be judgment. There will be penalties for the sin. There will be consequences. There will be suffering. There will be death. There will be pain. All of that, and he made a choice that then I have to go and become human and pay that price for them. Now, that choice of sin means that to remedy sin, we must have redemption. But redemption means that it must involve atonement. And atonement means it must involve sacrifice. And sacrifice means that it must involve suffering. And therefore, Christ had to come and go to the cross 
and paid the full weight of the whole penalty. The pain, the suffering. That's why the scripture says, Christ also suffered. God, the Son, had to feel the pain of the consequences of our sin. He's the right person who had paid the price. He didn't sit in heaven and just allow He came down to feel it. Sometimes people think that God was just out of the equation and then he, you know, we will be suffering for the sin. No, the whole universe was messed up by the sin. The Son of God had to come and pay the price. He had to go through the pain, the suffering, the frustration, the death. Everything that came with the fall of man by the breaking of God's law, everything is what he went through. Hallelujah. So the penalty was paid in full by God the Son. And so when you have God the Son, the penalty has been paid. You don't owe the devil. I say you don't owe the devil. You don't owe God. His son has paid the price. The full value has been paid for. You are exempted from judgment. Christ suffered once for your sins. The just man for the unjust person. Hallelujah. So that he might bring us to God. Otherwise, we will not be able to bring it to God. And he didn't sacrifice bulls, chicken, and goats by himself. All those other ones have been accepting goats, chicken, and human sacrifice. Humans were unable to save themselves because they were already born in sin and no amount of bleach can bleach out their sin except the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Christ also suffered. Once for sins. This is why he suffered. Because of the choice that God gave us to love for you. And we can make a choice between him and any other thing. He created that path for us. He made it on us. And that's why throughout the scriptures he says, I set before you life and death, choose life. That's why it says, go into the world, bring the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. The choice has been given to us. May you make the right choice. In the name of Jesus. So God made a choice. And Christ suffered once. That answer to your pain is in him. He paid the price. The answer to the disease is in him. He paid the price. The answer to the guilt and all the emotional things we are going through. Psalm 23, verse 6, he says that he restored our soul. He restores your soul. The soul is the seat of your emotions. He restores it. That answer is still with him. It's still with him. There are times doctors give up on people. And they still don't die. Doctors give people two months to live, three months to live, six years, they are still living. Because there's a limit to what medical science can do. Because there's only one owner of the life. Hallelujah. Everything can point, but so long as God has not sent those chariots to come for you, you will continue to live. May you live. May you live. May you be satisfied that you have the answer. See, when you have an answer to anything, you are not worried. You are not worried at all. 
if you know that you have all the answers to the questions, you enter the exam hall with confidence. Because you ask yourself, wait, which way are they? I'm just thinking, how exotic is the question going to be that I will be able to answer? Because I believe I have exhausted the whole syllabus. And even in my dream, if you wake me up and the questions come from up and down or upside down, I'll still answer. So you become very confident into exam. And when they say they are even going to postpone it, you protest. But those who are not ready, when they say they will, protest, they will postpone it, say, God, you have answered this prayer. But you know that the next time they do the day, again, you are not prepared. And sometimes when death is postponed, you say, the Lord has to be ready. May we walk in him. May you know him. And he's the answer to every question. There are still people looking for answers. Statistics show that today's youth are not looking for entertainment in church. They are looking for spiritual answers. They have become curious, spiritually curious, and that's why many youth are going into occultism. Because they have become, they are curious to spirituality. They are not looking for entertainment. They have more in the world than in the church. And that is why the church must lay strong spiritual grounds for them. Because the enemy is trapping them online. Trapping them. That's why many are turning to all kinds of things. Because they are curious. And the reason is because that generation grew up. They are the Teletubbies generation. And all the Benten and the Magical generation. Everything is magic and things are moving and flying. So as they grew, the curiosity as to how these things exist. Are there some things there? Can some things fly? All those things start leading them into those areas. May the church not fail to teach true spirituality. May parents not fail to teach true spirituality. They are not looking for entertainment. The devil is trapping them with mysterious signs and wonders. The number of university students that are into occultism is now 40%. The entire United States, and you know anything that is happening there. This place is just an option. It's just a, it's a, <laughs> it's the, it's the next level. Forty percent. we wake up. So the people are looking for spiritual answers. When you meet some hard atheists and you're talking. You find out that they are, their whole position is rooted in their lack of understanding of spirituality. And they are doubting of the spiritual world. But when you begin to show them answers and you seem to be very convinced about what you are saying, they start listening. Because you give them too many examples. You say, do you think these things just exist? Don't you see something is happening? Don't you see a movement? How could there be set designs without a designer? Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. I said he's the answer. When you have him, you are content. I said when you have the answer, you are at peace. Even when things are knocking around you, you are content. You know that he will make a way where there seems to be no way. When all things are not working, financially everything is down, just hope in God. Those who don't have the answer, they end up committing suicide. But may the Lord deliver you. 
from suicidal tendencies in the name of Jesus. And it's sad that suicide is increasing in church among believers because they seem to hear about this answer but they don't seem to know the answer. There's one thing to hear about the answer. There's another thing to know the answer. Hallelujah. The answer is a person. Amen. The answer is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. I was ministering to someone over the weekend in the US after the program. And he spoke to Lord, but she, she took all the time. He was patient. And as I was ministering to her, I said, You have you feel I feel that you are suicidal. And then she she cried and just held me tightly. And she said, Yes, because of what she has been doing. Because she's doing she has served God. See, these are the questions. These are the questions. So why should we be happy to you? She has served God. He said, Pastor, from secondary school, I've been in scripture. I've served God. I have kept myself. I'm now 40, still unmarried. Everybody that comes, they just walk away after one month, after two months, and my heart is and people that I coach and teach things, and they rather get people married, and, and I'm still using these things, and it's just making a thing. So why is God treating me this way? See, those that she felt she was morally better than are getting married and settled. People that she led to Christ and brought up in God, they are still getting married. She is still where she is. Bouncing after bouncing, disappointment after disappointment. She said, I felt like killing myself last week. So my friend sent me your message. And I completed it. So we need to wait. Decided to wait. She felt said, God wants me. And I believe in the spirit. This is someone see, when you hear if they are heard that she has committed suicide, people say she, she is in church. She needs prayer. May we not only hear about God, may we know the answer. And even if he chose not to answer, I will still rest in him. Because he's a better alternative than all the alternatives out there. Even if he does not answer all my prayers, once I know he's the answer to every need, I will hope in him. For they that hope in God will not be put to shame. There are questions. Questions. This one, I woke up and pulled a photo. Very lovely Yes, 
to do it. I said, the Lord God Almighty will do this. You know, and for the fact, for the 10 minutes, he was on the phone. So we need to why is God treating us this way? Why does God deserve this? You know, this way, questions that are coming, even from the mouth. Yeah. We will still not choose the devil. I said, in the end, we will still not choose the devil. May we understand this Christ and, like Paul, say that whatever will happen, I know whom I have believed in. And I am persuaded that he's able to do all that I've committed to his care, even unto that great day. Job, in his frustration and in all the pain he was going through, he said, I know that my Redeemer lives. His wife came and said, look at what you are going through. Curse God and die. He despaired. He said, you speak like one of the foolish women speak. Why should I curse God and die? What is another alternative? I would rather enjoy the pain of God. Because in the end, I have a better end. May your revelation change from today. That no matter the pain we are going through, understand there is only one person still with the answer. All the other options are not the best option. There's no new problem. It's either God or the devil. He's your answer. I say it's your answer. Let me finish by telling you that when it comes to who you hope in, your hope is in God. Life without God is meaningless. You see, for God to create the fish, he spoke to the sea. And he says, let the sea produce the fish. When you take fish out of its source, water, it will die. That's what you do. Without it, it will die. When it came to the trees, God again spoke to the ground and said to the earth, produce trees. You and I will agree, when we take the trees out of the ground, they will die. When it came to creating man, he didn't ask the earth to produce us. He said, let me make man. Hallelujah. In my image after my likeness. That means that our atmosphere of survival is God. When we are taken out of God, we will die. You need him more. I said you need him more. In him is life. And this life is the light of man. Hallelujah. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. This afternoon, this is the message for you. There is an answer. And that answer is with the Lord. Can we rise? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you are in this building. You have heard about the answer, but you don't know it. There are two different things. And you're born again. Jesus himself said, this is the way to come to me. Except the man be born again, you cannot enter the kingdom. Except the man be born this has been a broadcast of Green Pastures with Bishop James Hansen Saki of the Christ Church International Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA.
For further information, please contact us on telephone plus 44-7376-355-621. On the web, www.christchurches.org. Facebook, Christ Church International. Christ Church, changing lives, fulfilling destinies on the foundation of God's Word.